The following material contains adult language and mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Danger, Will Robinson. The Pinball Network is online. Launching The Pinball Show. Midweek edition. Pinball is a game of skill. For some, it's a passion and a lifestyle. It's time for the Pinball Show. It's pinball with personality. Hey everyone, and thank you for joining me again on the Pinball Show Midweek Edition. Hope you are all well. I am, of course, your host, Craig Bobby. And for the next 30 minutes or so, we will continue our chat about the topics and happenings in the world of pinball. Occasionally, we'll have a guest along for the ride, and hopefully, we'll have a little fun along the way. So if that sounds fun to you, well, what are we waiting for? Let's get started. Cosner, a.k.a. Cos, the pinball show's American pinball news correspondent and part-time pinball operator at a local brewery in his home state of Virginia. Brian was gracious enough to join us on this week's pinball show midweek edition, where we talked about what's happening in his world these days, what's going on over at American Pinball, and we also dust off an old fan favorite game in a tribute to our friends over at Special when lit. So without further rambling, I give you the likable, the lovable, Cos. Well, hey, Cos, great to have you on here. Brian Cosner, our TPS American pinball correspondent, finally on after, well, let's let's just say months of talking about coming on, and I'm thrilled to have you here today. What's up, Craig Bobby? What's up, baby? Good to be here, man. Excited. I've been pumped. I've been waiting for this for months. You've been teasing me and telling me I'm going to be on. So excited. I know. And I kept thinking, this is this is my excuse for all the correspondents, by the way. I, I keep thinking like I'm waiting for something major to happen in terms of, you know, releases. And I, and I keep thinking in my head, okay, as soon as American Pinball announces their next their next thing, we're going to have cause on right away. And, and then a week goes by and then a month goes by and then another month goes by and then another month goes by. and then. You know, now here we are. We're, we're beating them to the punch. Ah, it's all right, Craig. It, look, it's it's fun to just talk pinball. I don't have to talk American pinball. You know, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of all pinball. So yeah, exactly. We don't need these guys to. to I do have a little, you know, I do have a little bit of info. It's kind of hard getting info out of those guys. They're pretty tight lipped right now. It's a lot of secrets going on over there. But I do have a little bit of info that I haven't really heard anywhere else. But I'm gonna have to wait and see. Ooh, can't wait. Yeah. Why don't you do this? Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself in terms of, you know, your your experience in pinball, what what's uh what you're <laughs> doing these days or <laughs> <laughs> what you've been doing throughout the uh, last year during the pandemic, pinball related or not? Yeah, well, you know, I guess obviously been with TPN since the initial 
what was it about a year now, a year mark. So the launch, yep. It was fun to fun to kind of team up with uh, TPM. We were over there at Special When Lit with Ken and Bill. I really enjoyed that. I miss those guys. But you know, it was really it was really a good a good thing that we did with Special When Lit. I love that little correspondent segment. You know, Ken asked for you know people. You know, I guess it's been about a year and a half ago or so, sometime like that. And I said, you know what? That would be my little way that I could just maybe just get my foot in the door, you know, just barely just kind of ease my way into a tiny bit of kind of doing something in pinball. And, you know, it allowed me to have that little, you know, 30 second, one minute clip. And I didn't have to, you know, record a whole show and have all this production and editing. I could just do a little clip and just kind of have, you know, just be a little part of the uh, pinball media and a little, just a little part of that segment. So I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And that's sort of what I was thinking too, as I was listening to uh, to Bill and Ken and I was probably listening to you as well back then and, and hearing everybody come on because I think you were one of the first that I that I can recall hearing on the show in terms of the correspondence, right? You you were on before me, right, Kaz? I think so. I, I actually went back the other day and I kind of wanted to listen to a few older episodes and uh, it was kind of really just kind of weird hearing us all, uh, you know, of course... I'm no polished professional or anything like that. I just, it just didn't, I don't like listening to myself either. So I was like, Ugh, I don't like hearing that, but you know, it, it's fun to, you know, kind of transition from special when lit. And then they, when they were going to form the the TPN and have all these different shows, I think it was a very, uh, a very good idea to kind of have that. It was such a large scope. I think people are finally starting to see, uh, what their initial idea was. It's kind of, you know, it's showing itself now a year later. And, uh, you know, it was nice just to get out on that. You know, I haven't really done, you know, much else uh, within TPN except, you know, just the segments, the correspondence segment. But, you know, I really enjoyed our uh, correspondence um, special that we had, which was probably almost probably 10 or 11 months ago. Yeah, it was right before the pandemic, I think, kind of around the same time that TPN got going, where we got on all five of us at the same time. And Zach was brave enough, of course, to edit it all, because back then, that was one of the first the first solo podcasts that we had done back back in the day. And none of us were really comfortable editing yet. And Zach was like, oh, shit. All right, you guys do it. I'll edit it. And he was like, after yeah, it was, did good. It, he was like, never again. It was good. You know, it was it was fun to hear from everybody. And I think, yeah. You know, we don't need to talk about the TPN for forever, but you know, it was it was good that there's so many different people, all the different podcasters and the correspondents, the streamers, the the guys, so many people behind the scenes that run the you know websites and all that stuff. It's see, it's so good to see all these people come together and and have that total product, uh, and it's nice to just have a little part in that. So I'm I'm you know I'm glad that we have that that you know that just the TPN is just a good a good group of of people. Yeah, exactly. It's a good collection of folks and it's and it's it's super convenient too. I mean, just strictly the convenience alone of having all of these podcasts come into one you know, one feed every single uh, week. You don't even have to worry about missing this or missing that. Anybody that's part of the TPN and doing podcasts, it just comes right down. You know, in my mind it all it all happened very sort of organically and logically and I know it got off to a bit of a shaky start, but I think to your point 
you know, a year and change into this and everyone can sort of see and experience the benefits of, uh, of all this. And, you know, there's, there's always going to be detractors, uh, who are going to try and poo poo it. But I think by and large, it's been a very positive experience for everybody, both the people who are creating content for TPN and also, you know, most importantly, the, for the listener and the quality of the content that's being created, I think by and large has been excellent as well. So absolutely, absolutely agree with you. Yeah, and it's like I, I mentioned too. You know, it was kind of like with Ken. You know, they looking they were looking for correspondents, and he, you know, he asked me, "Well, hey, well, do you want to cover American pinball?" And of course, I was like, "Oh my gosh, if, if I say no, you know, I'll, you know, he's not going to want me to do anything else." So I just said, oh, "Yeah, yeah, sure, I'll cover whatever you want." You know, little did I know, I, I didn't really have that much knowledge on American pinball at the time. But, you know, even later on, we had the Pinball Expo in 2019. I got to go hang out with everybody up there and got to go to the the older factory now and uh, and meet with the team and, and, and line workers and all the different guys that were there at American Pinball. So that was a really fun experience. Uh, and they've since moved to their new facility. I have not been able to get over there to the new site yet. And I was hoping, you know, maybe there'll be maybe there'll be a Pinball Expo you know, this fall. So maybe, maybe I'll be swinging by the factory then. I hope so. Well, we can only hope, you know, and, and, and we still got a number of months here. I don't think they've completely ruled it out. It'll be interesting to see as the vaccines continue to roll out, uh, both in the United States and, uh, really across the world, what their feelings are, because of course, not everyone's coming from the U S and so they have to be mindful of people coming in and out and how convenient it is for people to get even through the airport or even if it's possible. Um, so it'll be interesting to see as the as the months tick by here uh, what the organizers decide to do. And it'll be great if they can do it, uh, you know, make it happen this year in some in some capacity, even if I it's a limited so. one. I right? hope so. You know, and yeah. the thing is, you know, we I looked at the news recently and, you know, the CDC here, and they have a lot of more eased restrictions just in the last few days. Now they said, mm-hmm. oh, you don't even have to wear your mask. Mm-hmm. If you uh, have a vaccine and you go hang out with whoever else with the with the you know vaccine no masks and, and so a lot of stuff is easing up right now and if it's just March and things are starting to kind of ease on these restrictions I guess as long as nothing nothing gets worse um, then I could definitely see Pinball Expo happening this year and if things continue on this trend they're going then it looks like we're, we'll probably be good to go I hope so fingers crossed Are you in the state of Illinois there Brian. No, I'm in Virginia. Oh, you are? Okay, okay. Yeah, it's like 12 hours to Chicago. And you know what? I drove there last time. That was crazy. It's about 12 hours from here as well in Toronto, believe it or not. So we're about the same distance. It's hard to imagine. But uh, but yeah, it is a, it's a, it's a long drive, 12 hours. <laughs> that was kind of crazy. It was, a last, it was almost like a last minute thing <laughs> when I went to the Pinball Expo. And I just I, I was looking for tickets and it was like a couple flights didn't have any like available flights. And I'm like, man, you know what? I can just drive there. My wife's like, just drive. And I'm like, all right, I'll just drive. Long day. It's like going to Vegas. You're like, I'm gonna fuck it. I'm gonna drive. And like hour one, you're like, I'm going. I'm going. And hour two, you're like, I'm doing this. By hour eight, you're like, oh shit. I think I listened to about uh, ten pinball podcasts on the way up there. So yeah. Oh, totally not related to pinball. Well, I guess slightly related to pinball. If you watch the show Impractical Jokers there on the True TV, they had a punishment for Q 
who is a huge pinball fan and has got a bunch of pinball machines. And he was even involved in uh, one of the Stern uh, tournaments a few years ago. I think it was for Iron Maiden release or something like that. And he's got he's got pinball machines at his apartment or house. But anyway, they had a punishment recently where they stuck him in the car driving around all day long with these animatronic figures that were constantly singing this song over and over and over again. And I think he was in the car for maybe 10 or 12 hours straight with those little singing animal tra- animatronic like Muppets. I don't know if it's like the puppet pals in his back seat singing constantly. I don't know what they were doing. So check that out. That's just funny show. Hey, so what else can we talk about here? T- tell us about the, the pinball machines or the uh, that you have in your home or that you own and and what you're doing on the side as well. Yeah, yeah. Currently, right now, I've mainly focused on having my pinball machines out on location, being a small-time operator. Uh, I took a lot of my games from the house that weren't getting as much play or just you know, just something else to do. And I have a, a small uh, brewery that's here in town and, and we kind of worked out a deal to put my games over there. So they are sitting over there in the brewery. I've got Ghostbusters Pro. I've got a Beatles Gold. I've got a Stranger Things Pro. And uh, those three games are right now are, are doing really well. They're providing a lot of fun and uh, entertainment over there at the brewery. And I have a Walking Dead here at the house right now that I got from our fellow correspondent, Matt Morrison. Oh, so you bought that one from Matt. That's fantastic. Yeah. It was a mint Walking Dead Pro with all kinds of mods. And I went and picked it up from him. And actually, he only lives about an hour away from me. And um, I thought for some reason that he was like hours and hours away. But when I looked at him, I'm like, oh, gosh, he's like 57 miles away. And um, we... uh, did that transaction and I brought it home and unfortunately it's not that popular with my wife and kids. She does not like the walking dead. So does it now what doesn't she like about it? Just the, 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 just the general theme itself or just that way the game's playing? Just probably the way that it looks. Uh, our little boys got autism among other issues and sometimes things bother him and he does not like the walking dead. And when I originally got it from Matt, he said, hey, this, you know, this game is so nice. I don't want you to put it on route. You know, if you want to you know, sell it later on, just let me know. So I actually called him back up and I felt like such an idiot doing this. And I called him back up and I said, Matt, you know, did you really mean it when you kind of said you wanted it back? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. He said, it's just no problem. He's like, well, I'll get it back from you. Yeah, so yeah. still got it right now. And, and, you know, it's it's kind of a brutal game. And I uh, haven't really got a lot of time to put on it, but, you know, everybody was saying how how deep it was, how great it is to have it's your home setting. You know, it may not be the best location game necessarily, but it's one of those games to, to kind of own and play for a little bit. So, you know, I had fun with it and, you know, I'm going to have it for just a little bit and then uh, we'll just uh, get it back over there to Matt. So. And it is an interesting, um, you know, side note that that theme, especially if you have family you know, regardless, you know, your wife, someone else in your life that is maybe sensitive to certain things, whether it be, you know, let's take Elvira, for example, you got kids in the house. Do you want a picture of Elvira? And this may not be controversial to some. Well, what if you put the modesty cover on them, Craig, the, the little modesty sticker? But something that you may think that, you know, may be fairly harmless in The Walking Dead, you know, may bother sm- smaller children, right? 
Well, you know, like I said, that's kind of what, what was the issue here. And, and you know, I can't say that for everybody because there's other people that, you know, their, their four-year-old plays Walking Dead with them and yeah. they love it. Uh, but, you know, I guess that's kind of what's good about pinball in general is that there's so many options. There's so many choices. Yeah. And what may work for you may not work for me. But, hey, I'm glad it works for you. It just doesn't work for me. So I think there's some games like that. You know, maybe maybe Iron Maiden wouldn't wouldn't be in my basement. Uh, but, you know, I, it's a fun game. I like it. But I guess I just wouldn't own it. You could say, fuck you, Matt. I'm putting that on route tomorrow. <laughs> And it is it is it is mint condition. He's like, no. uh, it's got every mod you can have on it. No, Matt, Matt, he said, no, he said, whatever you do, please don't put that game out on route. And I said, oh, I said, you know, I said, I'll, I'll give it back to you if you want it. That that's fine. So it looks it looks like it's going to work out for that. But, you know, having the games over there on route, it was a little hard this year with the with everything to do with COVID and being shut down, the brewery was shut down for months. They just had like drive, drive through beer only curbside service, which, you know, doesn't really sound that smart, but they finally have everything back on right now. You know, the games are doing good. I go check on them uh, about once a week, go play a few games, make sure they're nice and clean. So I enjoy doing that. It's nice to share pinball because there's so many people that just come into the brewery. They're just casual they maybe they hadn't played pinball or maybe they hadn't played for years and it's nice just to have that game and and if I'm ever there working on them I always give people some free games and and they just love playing it just see the smile on their face you know just it sounds cheesy to say that but honestly I just love to see people having fun so that's worth it to me well and you pick three games to have there too which are very recognizable themes with Beatles Stranger Things and oh Stranger Things and Ghostbusters and I will say I've have had Ghostbusters since the very beginning that was always my top earning game, but Stranger Things is the best earning game that I've had in in two years. There and you go. Um, I had Jurassic Park, I had uh, Star Trek, I had Star Wars, um, had Monsters for a little while. That really didn't earn the greatest. See Zach, best earner, Stranger Things. There you go. It is. You know, I, I know that a lot of look. I know a lot of guys that are hardcore pinball fans. Don't show a lot of love to Stranger Things, but the casual fan, the random person at a bar walking up, they love Stranger Things. I love that game too. And I, there's something about it. I think I've explained this in other podcasts. When I first stepped up to that game after hearing all the issues with that Demogorgon shot and other things that people didn't like in terms of the telekinesis multiball and, and just some mechanical issues with that game that people weren't happy with. And then... To a lesser extent, some of the shot layouts that people were a little down on at the time. Well, Craig, Craig, not not to interrupt you, but look, guys complain about every single game yeah, that comes out. Exactly. So it's you're not going to find someone that loves every single game. But like I said, Stranger Things seem to get a lot more hate than normal. But it has been one of those games, and I know Zach's been a big proponent of Stranger Things. He's been pushing that thing. And it has come around. A lot of people have have come around, and once they actually put some time on it, they've really enjoyed it. It's kind of like Led Zeppelin right now. When Led Zeppelin was announced, I looked at those pictures. To me, I'm like, oh, it doesn't look good. It looks plain or barren. But I tell you, there's a Led Zeppelin LE at a bar near me. I played it the other night. I had so much fun playing Led Zeppelin that I went into it with no expectation, thought it was going to be a boring game and is it is a very enjoyable game 
So what is it about Led Zeppelin? Because I'm I was sort of of your mind, which is I saw it, I was like, eh, it's okay. You know, I love the lights uh, that they put on the uh, the expression lighting. I thought that was perfect uh, for, for the theme, especially. Uh, but they did a really really nice job with that uh, expression lighting, the way it's integrated into the uh, into the cabinet. Yeah, the lights the lights on it are great. You know, it's it's a bright game when you step up to it. You know, it has it has some lighting from the um, down at the apron. And I know a couple other games have had that. I think uh, Avengers has that and uh, Black Knight Sword of Rage. I'm not sure about all the other games, but it's got extra lighting in there and those expression lighting. It just really, it really works really well. Uh, it's a very bright game. It's a very fast game. Um, you know, would I own it myself in my own collection? Probably not. Um, but like I said, playing it on route, playing it on location out there, it was a really fun game. It's bright. It sounded great. Looks good. And like I said, it's just one of those things that once you see it in person, it looks so much better than, you know, just looking at some pictures online. So, And they all do, don't they? I mean, when you see these games lit up and in a, in a slightly darkened environment uh, in real life, they look so much better in real life than what you're looking on it. Even from the best streams, when you see them in person... They, they, oh, yeah. Absolutely. you know, they look, they just look 10 times better and you get a, so and you get, you get really the best impression by seeing these things live. Well, that's like what gets me sometimes. And <laughs> we could go on and on about stuff like this, but you know, you go on pen side and somebody has, well, Hey, I'm going to, what, what, what game should I buy? And I, they name five games and I never played any of them. Well, you're going to have 50 different people give you 50 different opinions on what game they like and why they like it. And I always tell the person, look, if you want to buy, you know, Deadpool or whatever, if you haven't played it, go play it. There is no substitute for getting your hands on the game. I mean, sure, you can watch a stream, you can watch some YouTube videos, but there is nothing that can replace, you know, getting your hands on the game itself and, and standing in front of it. So You can't appreciate that game's artwork until you see it in person and how much it pops when you're when you're looking at it, when you're looking down at the playing field standing over it. It's just it's such a fantastic looking game and then you throw in I would call it a slightly unusual uh layout with that as well and the katana sword. It, it just makes for a really entertaining and interesting pinball experience. And then all the music that they throw in there and the different genres and the tongue in cheek call outs. That's a, that's a game for potentially for my second title i would seriously consider that i better act fast so i'm going to do it because i know it's um it's getting a little long in the tooth and stern's threatening to take it off the production line uh, uh, soon so yeah i owned a deadpool pro yeah i had one and what do you think of it well this this is before i had the the location and um, i had a few games at home at that time and I, I had a mario brothers and i traded a guy mario brothers for the deadpool and uh I had to give him a little bit of cash too, but he, he had a bar and he's like, well, Deadpool wasn't really doing that well. He didn't like it. And, you know, of course it's almost like a 180 now. Deadpool's is, is almost, you know, really desirable. It wasn't quite as desirable then. And, um, I really enjoyed it. I had it here at home for a while, but it was right around the time when our little girl was going to be born. And I, I had another uh, kind of unexpected, unexpected expense just pop up. And I said, well, I got to sell a couple games. So I, I actually sold my Deadpool and my TNA, and I sold them both for probably under market price, you know, just for a quick sale. And um, I really regret getting rid of both of those games. They're both really good games. Yeah, both really hot, especially in the last year. 
I think the streaming of Deadpool and TNA from guys like Raymond Davidson and uh, different folks on TPN have really helped up the profile of both of those games. And I, you know, people have had more time, I, I believe, in the last year to really wrap their head around some of these titles. It just goes to show you that it does, these, these things need to sink into your mind a little bit. And it's almost like, you know, drinking a fine wine or, or anything. You, you need to, or looking at art in some ways, like it, it, it has to, you have to absorb it a little bit, right? And really wrap your head around the rule set, the whole thing. Yeah, it seems like a lot of games have a slow burn. It, it takes them, you know, sometimes it seems like it takes them a year or maybe even a year and a half or two years before they even get, you know, recognition. And that's kind of the way a lot of those games are. But, you know, that's one good thing about modern games is that the ability to go back and, and have additional code and the updating of code, they can go in there and tweak things and change things. So I've, I've really seen where that's really been, uh, you know, a benefit to this uh, hobby in the last few years as they've gone back to kind of, you know, add on to games. And that just makes the game, you know, more enjoyable in the long run. So. Yeah, it just extends the life on them, and it and it really allows the designers to really fully, I think, achieve their vision that would have taken. You know, people always complain, oh, why aren't these games, you know, fully coded when they're when they're released, right? And it's like, well, do you want to wait another year and a half for the for the for the coders and everything to be just perfect, or you want to get playing the thing and get experiencing it, and then watch almost be a part of that evolution, right? So you're learning about the game. And then they're, they're slowly dropping more code on you over, you know, over the next number of months. And, uh, and it's a progression. Well, I can tell you that this last year in 2020, it seems like most games have been shipping with code that's almost complete. And that's a really good thing because, you know, you had um, TMNT came out basically fully complete. Avengers was near complete. You know, Led Zeppelin was pretty complete just you know a few months ago. Hot Wheels when it came out was was pretty complete. You know Guns and Roses came out and it was almost you know fully featured. So the companies have been doing really well in the last couple of years coming out with games that that were very fully featured on the initial release, which that helps for sales too. So I think that's what hurt sales in some games like go back to your Batman 66s and games like that that came out and they were maybe half finished little too green yep i agree and so they've learned right like over time i think these manufacturers have learned those lessons and uh, have realized they gotta there's a compromise there it doesn't need to be you know 1.0 right out of the gate although that that's obviously they just preferred. said that's kind of a number it doesn't really yeah matter. exactly it's not a hundred percent but they gotta get it you know three quarters of the way down the road i'd say before they're they're thinking release time just again, so that when you buy the thing, you don't play it three times and go, well, fuck, I've seen it all and this, there's not much here. Oh, yeah. Well, you've looked at the companies lately. I mean, every major company has has brought on additional coding teams and programmers in the last few years, especially Stern. And you can look at it, you know, the teams like American Pinball. They, they've had two people coding the games. That helps out immensely. Uh, you know, so sometimes the Stearns games, you know, not even including the guys that are behind the scenes, but it might be three or four guys coding one game, not including all the people that do the behind the scenes work. Definitely putting a focus on code. That's that's a really good thing. Let's segue a little bit here into our friends at American Pinball, because they've been sort of front and center in the last uh, number of months with different uh, 
you know, employee changes and, and like you said, bringing on different, uh, different folks to help with the, with their efforts over there in their upcoming, uh, title releases, nothing official yet, but lots of, you know, the rumor mill is, uh, is turning again for them, which, which is a good thing, which means they're getting closer. What, what are some of the things that you're hearing through the grapevine cause in your, in your discussions with them about, What's coming down the pipe or what could be coming down the pipe? What, what are they telling you these days or not telling you? Oh, yeah. You know, I, I reach out to the team there and uh, they've been very receptive to give me some info. And, you know, there, a lot of times they give me some of the press releases. You know, there'll be a few days before they come out officially so that we can have them on the uh, the pinball show. And, uh, you know, they've done a lot of hiring. You know, they've got David Fix there kind of leading the uh, leading the team. He seems like he's taken a really uh, a big hands-on approach to uh, to hiring a lot of new people. They've got Dennis Nordman uh, there as one of the lead designers. They've got Zofia Ryan as mechanical engineers. They've got Jack Hager is going to do a lot of the art for them. Uh, maybe uh, just if he's the art director, I'm not sure if he's going to actually be doing art. But you know, they've they brought in all these new new people for the for the team, and they brought in years of experience. And I think that sometimes something that's very valuable. They've got many, many years of, of pinball experience with them. And uh, American Pinball makes a great product. They, they have a very solid product. It's very reliable. Uh, like I said, their play field quality has been, been spectacular. The build quality has been very good. Uh, you know, very few problems. It uses the, uh, the, you know, the P-Rock kind of software and all that. So I think it's been pretty trouble-free. But, uh, you know, I, I reached out to him the other day and we kind of sent some questions to him and almost kind of like an interview. And uh, I reached out to Michael Grant there and David Fix and he sent me some info back. And, uh, you know, we can talk about some of that if you want to. Tell us some of the questions that you were asking him and what kind of answers they were giving you. Based on what you were telling me, there's some good stuff there. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, one of the main things, I guess, they, you know, they're currently still going to make all three titles. So if you want a Houdini or Oktoberfest, they're still going to have those. And of course, Hot Wheels was their newest game. So they want to have customers, you know, have the ability to go back and, and get any game that they sell. I don't know how long that's going to be for. Uh, but, you know, they want to sell their games so, you know, you can get any title they have. And uh, one of the biggest things that that they told me is that they want to have two titles released in 2021. Mm. So that's a pretty that's a pretty lofty goal right there. Yeah. Considering we're already uh, in month three here with no titles released. <laughs> well, of course, I mean, look, and there's no shows anytime soon. You know, we, we thought that, you know, maybe we would have TPF. Well, obviously, we're not going to have TPF this year. I guess the Midwest Gaming Classic show that usually is in, I think, early April. I think that's been moved back to October, I think, if I'm not mistaken. So there's no big shows. So, you know, they're going to release a game. And they said that the next game was going to be the title from their junior designer. And Dennis Nordman is going to be assisting on that. So I'm not sure... If that means that that's a game that maybe is already made and they're going back over that and they're kind of doing some tweaks or some final touches, I don't think they would have had time to start on a brand new game. Like I said, they had, you know, Joe Balser's games that they were working on since he designed the first three. And I've since been told that they are still going to make Joe Balser's game. The new game is going to be game four. That's with the junior designer. Game five is going to be Dennis Nordman's game. And then game six is going to be Joe Balser's game. Wow. 
I don't know the title of that. We don't know the theme. But that was the game that he's been working on, I presume, from last year after they got through with Hot Wheels. That game has been pushed back to be their game six. So they're still going to have Joe Balser's title. I know a lot of people had questions about that. And there were rumors about who this junior designer was potentially as well. Somebody in the industry that I think it came out in one of their interviews that was that was known but maybe hadn't you know, taken the, the helm fully on a game design or maybe they'd been a programmer previously or someone that we knew, right? Well, you know, there's been a lot of homebrew type games, some titles from that, uh, I think like Riot Pinball, but I think they said that those weren't the guys that were doing that. So I, I, I didn't dig too deep. You know, when they say they're going to have something, you know, I, I kind of I don't start prying and trying to get answers because they're not going to tell. But I think that they would do well if they could maybe get somebody that, that already had some type of design, kind of like how a Stern got Keith Elwin to come in and they had Iron Maiden, which he had pretty much already made. And then they, they had a hit on their hands. So who knows? Maybe American Pinball can do the same thing. I just pray that it's a good license theme for them. I'm hoping they learned their lesson with Houdini and Oktoberfest and their move to Hot Wheels was a, and I think the, the community responded very favorably and, and they probably outsold Houdini and, and Oktoberfest combined with that with that uh, release. I think Hot Wheels just unfortunately got released, and this is not their fault, it got released at the absolute mm-hmm. worst time. It got released like right at mm-hmm. covid Right at the start. And it was released kind of unofficially at that trade show. I think it was an IAPA show, if I'm not mistaken. I think maybe in New Orleans. And I think that was in very, very late February or early March of 2020. And they were going to have the big grand reveal of Hot Wheels at TPF with, you know, having the big Hot Wheels cars there. They're going to have the team there, multiple games. I think that if, if we had... TPF last year and they got to have their official release like they were supposed to, Hot Wheels would have come across much better and much more well received. It just it just kind of came out and it's like pfft, everything got shut down right when it came out. Yeah, and the news just kind of overshadowed it, didn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. The world, what was happening and everyone's attention was, was sort of taken away from pinball for a period of time. And But I think I, I would... You know, I, I'm not looking at any numbers, so I, c- I couldn't really tell you. And, and we'll never really know after, you know, because, of course, uh, we can't go back in time. But I would say the community has done them a huge favor. That game has gotten tons of airtime on, on various streaming channels. Most notably, the folks over at Fliptronic stream that game tons. I know Jack Danger, when it came out too, was was streaming that a lot and still does off and on. And I think they've got a lot of good airtime to get the word out on that game. And I'm sure their sales um, have benefited from that, you know? You know, and I think, I think too, that their sales may have not been as good right at the initial reveal. And, you know, I think as the year went on, they started selling more and more and as more people saw it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a few locations here and there started opening up and, and having one there. And like I mentioned earlier, once you get your hands on the game, and I played Hot Wheels a while back, and it was a really fun game. It was really enjoyable. It's bright. It's colorful. It looks good. It sounds good. Very family friendly, right? Yeah, it, it's it's definitely a title that was quick, and you know, and it's, it was a little, you know, it wasn't too complex. They lowered the price to make mm-hmm. the you know to make it more affordable. You know, they did a lot of things really well on Hot Wheels. It just got released at the absolute worst time. And I, honestly, I think maybe if they didn't 
reveal it at that other trade show first and that if COVID did kind of happen as, as it did, that maybe they could have pushed the release back later, you know, would it have been a little bit better received if it got released, you know, in the summertime? I, I don't know. Just you can't go back and change things. So, well, and fast forward one year and the industry and the hobby is absolutely on fire. I hope for their sake that they don't take too long to release this next game because the industry and the hobby in general is at an all-time high. We're seeing people get crazy amounts for these games, especially you know new in-box or sought-after games. Certainly the, the folks over at Jersey Jack are seeing tons of their titles go for ridiculous amounts. Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Hi. And like I said, you know, American Pinball, they are coming out strong. They are very bold. They have some very strong talk. I hope they can back it up. You know, they said their goal is two titles in 2021. So if they say they're going to do two games this year, I'm going to I'm, I'm assuming they're going to have two games. I mean, I'm, they, they have kept their word. These guys, in my mind, because of their manufacturing capability, ha- you know, have the ability, you would think on paper, to push out a title. They don't have the problems like a Deep Root. No, they're actually making games. And look, I'm rooting, side topic, I'm, I'm rooting for Deep Root. You know, I hope that they can come out and build their games. But like I said, American Pinball, like I said, I went to the factory, I saw their process, I saw how they had everything set up, you know, the line. They make a great product. Their cabinets were great. The you know, the mechanical parts were all really good, robust parts. The play fields are very good. They don't have the chipping and pooling and, and very little dimpling that a lot of other manufacturers had trouble with in the last year. Mm-hmm. American Pinball didn't have those problems. So they have everything going for them except that killer title. And I think that is the one thing that they are lacking. And I'm sure, you know, they're sitting around in their in their meetings, you know, brainstorming on ideas. And, you know, they've got a great team there. They're, they've got all kinds of new people with years of pinball knowledge. I'm just hoping that they have some good themes and that that will be a good seller for them because, like I said, they make a great product. We just want to see, you know, we want to see the games. You know, we want to see a big a big name theme so we'll have to wait and see yeah hopefully we're going to uh, we're going to hear something real soon should be soon and we look forward to hearing more do you think you know in in talking about some of the guys and in, in terms of who's running the place now which is david fix do you think when he did that first interview and he came out of the gate guns a blazing do you think he overdid it during that interview i mean i, I listened to this his second one i i didn't hear the first one and then I heard him, uh, you know, the second go around, and 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 I thought he actually sounded pretty likable. He obviously toned down his um, his messaging based on that first time. Yeah, you know, it it was pretty it was pretty confident, and I, I would say he is a confident individual. He is confident in their product, and he is confident mm-hmm. in his team. And like I said, the the what we're gonna see is we're gonna have to see the product, you know. Their products has been very good. Like I said, Houdini maybe is a tougher game, not as well received, but it was a it's a good game. It's well built. Oktoberfest, that game is packed. Very well built. Fun game. But I guess a lot of people didn't like the Oktoberfest theme. But you can't deny that that game is loaded. And horrible animations, I want to add, on both those titles, too. <laughs> well, it's not too bad. I, we've got one on route near me, the same location that has that Led Zeppelin and Avengers. I, I played the other night. I went and played, you know, Oktoberfest. I had fun with it because honestly, this is kind of the same complaint that a lot of people have. 
In one breath, somebody will say, it doesn't matter what the screen shows because you're looking at the play field the whole time. But then in the other breath, they're like, well, I got, I wanted to, you know, it doesn't look good enough for me. Well, which is it? Mm-hmm. Which are you doing? But th- that is, that is, you know, the weakest part of, of Oktoberfest is probably the animation. But like I said, it's still not that bad. It, it, it's, it's very, it's, it's good enough for what you're doing. It, it looks fine. Could it have been a little better? Sure. Can they go back and maybe make it a little better? Probably so. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? If they uh, if they had their new animator over there, go back and spend a little time cleaning those up. They certainly, I think, improved on that by at least using the the out of the box animations that the Hot Wheels yeah, license Hot Wheels animations the show, and, and, which I think was yeah, great. It's great. The, you know the the fonts that they use and the graphics and, and animations are are much improved in Hot Wheels, and it shows that they put a lot of more time. An effort into the you know into the graphics right there. So I see progression from American Pinball from game one to two to three. And if they have the same progression to game four that they that they continue to have, I think they'll have a good game. Sky's the limit, honestly. You know, and expe- again, especially with the hobby being as hot as it is right now, if they can lock in and have a great theme under their hat, there, I think there's only good things going to happen for that company. Yeah, it's you know I don't want to you know I don't want to speculate or guess as to what theme they might have. I don't have any any hard facts, and I don't like to talk about a lot of rumors and things when we do the you know the the correspondent sections every week. I try to stri- strictly stay with facts, um, and I haven't heard anything, so it's it is totally up in the dark what this next game is. And like I said, if they if they're gonna have it soon, I would say if they're having two games this year, that leaves nine months left of the year. So it's going to have to be sometime in the next probably three or four months when this game's revealed, at least. Yeah, I hope it's before the summer, honestly, but you never know. But if they're talking about releasing two games, they better get going, like I said, unless they're going to release two at the same time. Well, and that's another question, too. You know, a lot of the a lot of the companies have been having supply problems. You know, we mentioned Deep Root a minute ago. Well, you know, Deep Root's delayed. They're delayed. They're delayed because of this or... We know I asked American Pinball about all their different things and, and you know their issues in their supply chain, and they said no, everything's going great. But they did say that they have a new person in charge of their supply chain, and it's a it's someone that comes from Gottlieb. Hmm. So they're going to announce that sometime soon. So it looks like they've got another hire from an old pinball company that's going to be running a lot of their supply stuff. So that's kind of a good thing. Yeah, that's great. A lot of experience over there, right? Like. They probably have a lot of new blood, but then a lot of these a lot of these veterans who who know the lay of the land. And I think what you want from these guys beyond their their immediate expertise is they've all been there and, and can recall problems and how to get through these times where there's supply chain issues or trying to avoid the landmines in building these things. And and I'm sure these guys have tons of tips and tricks that they have learned over the years that can help a company like American Pinball and guys like David Fix navigate the waters. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think like I said, with those with those junior designers, these guys are gonna be hungry, guys and gals. You know, you're gonna have some people that are that wanna get into the the business. They're gonna be hungry. They're gonna wanna have, you know, big ideas. And then someone like your Dennis Norman can come in there and mentor them and kind of help assist them. He doesn't have to maybe fully design their game for them, but they can he can come back and fine tune the you know game with them and he can say look I've been doing this for you know thirty years you know you you can't do this or you can do this and it's just just little things that he can help those junior designers with so I'm really looking forward to that 
And like I said, then, you know, then Dennis is going to have game five for American pinball. At least that's the plan. So, you know, he's going to be hard at work on his own game. And uh, like I said, then we're going to have Joe Balser's game six. So did they ever say anything to you cause about their redemption game that they had wheeled out a while back as well? Was it a pirate theme or something like that? Oh, yeah. See, I saw that back when I went to the Pinball Expo in 2019. It was kind of secret right then. It was called the Flying Dutchman. And it was a redemption game that you kind of sat there and held this cannon and it shot some type of maybe foam balls at targets. And it was huge. It was probably at least one and a half times, you know, longer, maybe almost two times the size of the pinball machine. So it was a very large game. And I think that's what they were going to be getting into. And, you know, this was about a year ago. That was at IAPA trade show. They had the Flying Dutchman out there uh, on the floor. They had Hot Wheels. And I guess what I found out from American Pinball is that they were going to focus on having like an arcade division, similar to maybe kind of like Raw Thrills make some games. And it just, I guess maybe just COVID happened. And when they kind of did this big shakeup, uh, you know, a few months ago with David Fix and the new strategy to American Pinball, they said, hey, our focus is on pinball. So doesn't look like we're going to be seeing any kind of redemption games from American Pinball. But um, they said they may still look into it later on. It's just right now they're focusing on pinball. So Yeah, they're called American Pinball, not American Redemption. Well, they had a separate side group that was called American Arcade. Oh, there you go. And that's, you know, I, the info came out, you know, about a year or so ago. Maybe, maybe it was back in January or, or February of last year. And, you know, maybe the Flying Dutchman didn't do as well on tests as they thought it was going to do either. So I'm not sure. I don't think it ever fully got to be a production model. You know, they may have released a couple as test games, uh, but I don't think it ever fully got to, you know, fruition. Interesting. Oh, another thing, you know, we were talking about, too, though, um, you know, with, with the soaring prices of games these days, it was really good with American Pinball when they came out with Hot Wheels that it was an actually a lower price game for them. So, you know, I asked them kind of about their their model structure, maybe their pricing of the new games. You know, Stern's got their Pro, the Premium, the LE, and your different price points. Uh, you know, I don't know American Pinball. They they seem like they might want to try to go that route to have maybe a base game, but then maybe a special model like a limited edition that has some extra features or some extra lighting similar to what the other design, you know, companies are doing. So I just think that that was really good for them to have that lower price game. But like I said, it just came out at the wrong time. It was, it was almost designed for operators, and then every operator got closed. So They do say timing is everything, you know, and, and certainly, yeah, if you were uh, releasing a game and you were relying heavily either on showcasing that game at a trade show or relying on, you know, a high number of operator sales, boy, you were really dead in the water. <laughs> every show that they were going to take it to got canceled. Every location that they were going to put the game in got closed. And then, you know, people's homes, you know, at, at when the, when everything kind of first started, people people were very tight with their money at first. But then I think they started getting uh, cabin fever at home and they're like, well, got to get something new. We've got to find that new thing. And that's what's happened this last, you know, I'd say maybe six months. Prices have gone up. I think the good news about the last year has really shown that you don't need to have your game showcased at a trade show. You don't need to have these games on location necessarily 
to to again release a title successfully and certainly companies like jersey jack have proven that spooky pinball did that as well and proved it with their game i mean stern's been doing it this last year as well and so certainly not having that component i'm sure you know it's it's helpful to have that and that will come back again but these companies have pivoted all of them very nicely into releasing these games and showcasing them online and allowing people to see them and get their get their head around them right Absolutely. The Guns and Roses reveal was very, very well done with the, you know, with the video, with the uh, straight down the middle, you know, videos they had. I think Buffalo Pinball had an unboxing like that very day that was released. So it's like the game's out and you can see it tonight. (laughs) So there really wasn't anything better than that. And I guess that's that's also what I got from American Pinball as well. You know, I kind of mentioned, you know, well, hey, you know, there hasn't been any shows lately, you know, as much, you know, how are you going to real, you know, reveal your game? They said, well, hey, you know what? When we reveal this game, it will mean that we already have them built. They're already in boxes. They're already ready to go. We will not reveal until we are ready to ship. And that's a really good thing. And I know, you know, uh, JJP did that with Guns N' Roses. They finally came out, and it took months and months. They had a, they kind of had a long wait time. But the day they said it was, it was out, they had LEs ready to go. Yeah, it doesn't have to be hundreds and hundreds of these things. No. You got to have a number, and I'm going to put that number somewhere between fifty and hundred ready to go, so that when the order banks open that first day, you're getting them out there. People are unboxing yeah. them within a week or two and and they're streaming them and they're getting the word out for you, right? So it's that kind of organic word of mouth that you're looking for to help to help spread the word about your new title. So I think it's critical. Oh, yeah. Now, if American Pinball can come out and say, hey, we're having an announcement. It's on, you know, I'm just making up. It's on June 1st. We're going to announce our game. And when we announce it, we have already got games built. And they're ready to go, and you can call us that day, or call you know whatever, call your distributor. Yep, first come, first serve. And if they really, and they, and if they come out with the video that day, and they have a hundred built, then that would be perfect. No, I think that's the way to go. They all know it. It's just a question of can they can they do it in a time frame that uh, that makes sense to their own um, their own plans, you know, and game plan. Well, hey, I got an idea here. I mean, it was your idea, but I thought it was a really good one, cause which was. Let's do a little fun segment in honor of our friends Kim Cromwell and Bill Webb of Special One Lit and do a, our own version here at TPS Midweek of Drain It or Save It. What do you think? TPS Midweek, Drain It or Save It with your host, Craig Bobby and Brian Cosner. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Craig. Look, I have a list here, Craig, and this is from our old buddies. Ken and Bill, we mentioned them earlier. They had a fun segment that they used to do. It was called Drain It or Save It. Drain it, you hate it. Save it, you love it. So I've got five topics right here, Craig, and these are five topics pretty much from the last week. And I just want to run these by you and kind of get your opinion on them. And I haven't showed you before. Nothing crazy. I just didn't, didn't go over them with you. So here's the first one. All right. Well, I'm ready. Hit me up. Let's do it. Okay. There was a $30,000 Jersey Jack Pirates of the Caribbean CE for sale on Pennside. $30,000. Unbelievable. Listen, will JJP make more of these games again? Drain it or save it? I'd save that. Absolutely they will. I think they'd be crazy not to. There's been rumors for 
probably since they stopped making the game that they would they would do it again. And I think if you were going to pick a moment in time to do it, like I said before, the industry is peaking and the hobby is peaking right now. And it would be a perfect time. Hell, they could they could announce it tomorrow. Let's just say, for argument's sake, that Toy Story, for whatever reason, gets delayed somewhat. They could slip in old Pirates of the Caribbean. Why not? And make an announcement of there, you know? I think you could. Look, I, I think that everybody over there at JGP knows and sees these prices of their games. Look, I, I would save it. I think it should be made again. I made the mistake of selling my original Pirates of the Caribbean LE, which I shouldn't have done. That's another topic for another day. But I would say this. I think they should do it again. But the only thing that's kind of holding me back from thinking that it may happen is that they have such a backlog of the Guns N' Roses. They had such such good sales, which is not a bad thing. They have so many Guns N' Roses to build. It's going to take them a long time to build those. And then you want to have possibly Toy Story. Where would they fit in you know, time in their line to go build these? That would be That would be the biggest problem. Here's a radical thought. I know other people have mentioned this in the past, but here's what I would do if I'm a new company coming and I'm like, well, like you said, we got, I got 100, 200 more of these friggin' Guns N' Roses. Love it. They're making us a boatload of money. We want to do them. But I don't, I don't have the, my second line set up to easily bring in another title until this one's finished. Right. And then I got Disney barking up my ass because I bought this title and I got to get this thing out in a certain period of time. Pat Lawler's been chomping at the bit ever since Guns N' Roses came out because he's been working on this thing for for a dog's age and wants to get it, it going as well. So what do you do with your with your title that everyone's clamoring for? You know, your call it your vaulted vaulted hit. I say, and they they would never do this, but I think it would make perfect sense from a business standpoint. You go to a company. Let's call it like American Pinball. And you go, hey, guys, guess what? We know you can make a mean pinball machine. We love your build quality. We got the perfect title for you. Here's Pirates of the Caribbean and its, and its stuff. Here's all the parts. Here's what the suppliers for them. You guys procure it, make it, build it. We'll license it to you to, to make it for us on our behalf. It's sort of like a joint project that they do. Fucking car makers do this all the time. That would be really good, but I don't see that happening. Yeah, come on, Ken. Make it make it happen. Let's get this game again. We know we have demand for it. Come on, Ken. Everybody wants it. Let's do it. All right, look, listen, Craig. Next topic. Drain it or save it. There was a TNA modded with ramps. Uh, actually, he was a friend of mine. He bought a game for me. We, we actually traded. This guy's named Jay, and he's Logan Pinball on Pinside. He has a thread. I think Zach was talking about this the other day, but he has a thread on Pinside where he has a TNA that he modded to include ramps. He took out some of the stand-up targets, and he has homemade, custom-built ramps on his TNA. Ramps on TNA, Craig. Drain it or save it. I'm going to have to say drain that one. I I, I think it is a interesting idea, but realistically, uh, you know... Scott Denisi spent a shitload of time designing that thing, and Scott's a bright guy. If he wanted ramps ultimately in that design, you don't think he would have put them there. He he purposely designed this as a single level play field, and so I think you're changing the entire look and feel of that game. I think one of the things, one of the reasons why it's so beloved and and has become really a bit of a cult classic is because the simplicity. 
yeah, the simplicity and and the addictive nature of that uh, single level play field. Yeah, I'll have to give my buddy Jay, you know, I'll give him an A for effort. It's fun. You know, it's a very cool idea he did. It's kind of controversial. Um, but I think I would have to drain that as well because I say leave the game like it is. That's the way it was made. It was designed to be a, you know, a, a brutal game. And it was it was designed to not have a ramp. So to kind of go back in there and change the whole philosophy. Yeah, you don't take a Picasso or a Rembrandt and try and improve on it, for God's sakes. I mean, Jesus. As much as I think that, you know, he did some incredible work on there. I just have to say that kept it, keep it like it is. Yeah, drain it or draining it. I got to have to drain that one. All right. All right, listen. Next topic here. And I just saw this the other day on uh, Pinside. Home Pen, your buddies that made the uh, Thunderbirds. I know you love that game, right? Did not make the top five. Did not make my top five. No. Okay. <laughs> I think it's actually rated one of the worst games on Pinside, if I'm not mistaken. It's, you know, it's like 390 and it's like 389 or something. Anyway, look, Home Pen is making a Porsche pinball machine. Have you seen this? I did see the pictures that were making the rounds, yes. Okay, yeah. It looks like it's, you know, it's a custom-built pen that is just for auto shows, for them to take around to car shows and to almost advertise their new vehicle in China. So home pens over there in Taiwan. And I'm just wondering, Drain It or Save It, do you think home pen should make a commercial, you know, retail version of this game, Drain It or Save It? Based on the that design that was going around, I'd say it is horrendous. I love the idea of it. So, you know, having that thing at the auto shows and slapping a Porsche logo all over it, I say, you know, save that. I think the idea in general is a good one. And people aren't looking so much at the design of those things as it's standing beside or in the in the Porsche booth. They're just it's just there for a little little trappings. It's obviously the focus is on the car. Yeah, we well, are read too that China, I guess, you know, China has I think it has one point four billion people or some crazy amount of people like that. And it says that there's no pinball in China or very, very, very little. So if if they could break into China and start selling some pinball machines, you know, home pin, they, you know, they could have a hit on their hands if they actually wanted to, to kind of do that. And if it if it kind of took off and who knows? Not with that design. Yeah, I'll have to drain that design. No, I like the idea. And I think it was smart of them to get that contract or um, or the license to make it for Porsche. And if I don't know whether you know, Porsche contacted them or vice versa, but, but somehow they came to an arrangement. And I think that's, um, that's a great move on the part of home pin. It's just, I, I hope they can leverage that to their, to their benefit. The more manufacturers in this industry, the better, but as is based on the design that was being shown and, and who knows if that was the final one at the end of the day, but it was pretty basic and pretty. Well, I think it was made just to take to the car show and have setting beside the vehicle. And it's like, oh, well, you can play this pinball machine. That's kind of like an advertisement. It had like a couple scoops or, or targets that, that did like, you know, this, the things about the car. So anyway, I guess we'll have to drain that one then. It's interesting too that they're pairing as as other people have suggested and as as we know that the pinball machine in general is really a bit of a status symbol isn't it much like the Porsche automobile right and so you know the two really go hand in hand very nicely I think and and clearly and, and clearly thought someone thought it was a good idea you know I'd like to see some other uh, major manufacturer like a Stern or a JGP maybe take on some kind of title like that 
Well, and they have, haven't they, in the past? I mean, Stern's done Mustang, Corvette. They've, they've kind of they've dabbled in it a little bit, right? There's been some car-themed games, and I think they haven't sold as well. So, And I guess that's why they don't have any new ones. Well, look, Craig. So is that is that is that a drain or a save? That's kind of like a half save. <laughs> I'll have to drain that one. <laughs> that's a ju- ju- judge's call. Judge's call on that. Now, listen, Craig. There's there's another topic right here. This is something that's been out the last few weeks. You know, the last few weeks, Stern was teasing us with puzzles, and a lot of people thought that that was going to be a brand new title, and everyone was like dissecting the picture. Oh, it looks like Mortal Kombat. Oh, it looks like Ripley's Believe It or Not logo font. Oh, it looks like Back to the Future. Well, you know what? All that big puzzle tease was a was an actual puzzle. Craig, would you buy a stern puzzle? Drain it or save it? Drain it. I hated the idea. I, I liked it if it actually came of something. Like, can you imagine if they started putting a puzzle piece together and it ended up being something like Back to the Future? Then I'd be like, oh, this is the most brilliant marketing thing ever. And something may come of it, I guess, ultimately. Although looking at the two designs that they chose for the puzzle, I have a hard time envisioning any of those on on a theme. Well, that was a little bit confusing. This is Stern Pinball's puzzles. Yeah. And neither of their puzzles have anything to do with pinball. It had. Or do they? Or do they? Exactly. Mm. So maybe there's something coming that we don't know about. And So I guess what, it, what I would say, the Stern puzzles that are out right now, I'm not a huge fan of the way they released that. And kind of, it was like a big, big reveal. And it was just a puzzle. But I would say, would you buy a puzzle version of the regular titles that they have out now, like maybe Translites or maybe Playfields or just art, like cabinet art. Would you buy that? Little Flipper, want to make some puzzles with Dad? Borderline, I'd say. Borderline. I, I, I love the idea of pinball swag. Anything that can remind me or get me closer to the game that I own in my um, collection that, that I can either display it somewhere else even basic stuff like t-shirts ball caps whatever you know trinkets and trash in general right i love that uh, coffee mugs uh you know yeti coffee mugs shit shit like that absolutely but nah puzzle it's like what the fuck so maybe the puzzle wasn't the best thing Mm. it has potential but as of right now as it stands since they're not even anything to do with the pinball machine you know who likes puzzling? My mother likes puzzling. Do you think my mother likes playing pinball? No. What if it was like the gateway <laughs> drug into getting her to buy a machine? You buy her the stern pinball puzzle, and the next thing you know, she's going to have like a home pin there in her house. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. So that's a hard drain. I'm going to call that a hard drain. All right, hard drain. Our other friend, uh, Crystal Gimnick, uh, does the plum, which I guess I haven't heard one recently, but I guess she still does the plum. And I saw a couple other places, I think, this week in Pinball. They had a question about something that I didn't think was controversial. They said, do you like scoops in Pinball? Love them or hate them? So a scoop in a Pinball machine, Craig, drain it or save it. Who doesn't like scoops? I mean, what's there not to like about the old scoop? Tell, tell me. Is it like ice cream? The more <laughs> scoops, the better? Two scoops? Three scoops? How many scoops like do you scoops? want? Last Action Hero has like two. I, I, I love I love a good scoop, so uh, I, right. I I definitely save it. I don't know. What do you think? Oh, yeah. yeah I think that it's just another fun part of the game, so I save it. Yeah. I, I, I don't say get rid of scoops. I mean, that's like TNA. That the scoop is like one of the yeah, main yeah. features in the game. It's right there at you. It fires the ball right back at you. So what if TNA didn't have that scoop in there? Would it even be the same? 
I don't think so. I, I think that's one of the coolest um, mechs on that game, like you said, and one of the main features is when that ball comes firing out of there. I mean, it's it's fantastic. All right. So we like scoops. Uh, we, I, I, I love a good scoop. It, it, I will say. And it, like anything, it's how it's used in, in the title. And I think Scott used that used that mechanism brilliantly. And uh, and so can you imagine like a, a bunch of them placed on that play field, all, you know, in all different places? Who knows? Maybe he's going to. Maybe he's going to roll out a few more in his 2.0 version. I don't know. Oh, yeah. You know, that's the thing, too. You know, there was a lot of people talking about the TNA 2.0. Can you imagine, like, in during multi-ball where, like, a bu- you know, you get two or three balls in those scoops at the same time and they're all firing at the same time? So you're saying that, that Scott's going to add more scoops. I, I thought Scott was going to add those ramps <laughs> to the TNA 2.0. I think no? Scott's confused. He doesn't know what's happening right now. Well, that'd be TNA 3.0. <laughs> He's got too many ideas flying around in his head. No, Scott knows what he's doing. Well, I think that'll be really cool. Yeah, it'll be cool to have another TNA run. I, th- I think, you know, that was well, right before Rick and Morty. You know, that was Spooky's most popular game. And, you know, a great game for, you know, the competitive scene, for, you know, the tournament players, home, location. It seemed like it kind of fit for everybody. So I'm looking forward to that. I guess, you know, maybe they're going to make like 50 or 100. I don't I don't think it's fully, you know, been confirmed. Um, but I think that's a good thing. I think it's a great thing. And I think it's a title, again, that took a little bit of time to get traction and has really developed a cult following in, in the hobby. And I think it's uh, a great move on Spooky's part to take advantage of that. They know that these games have certainly maintained their value out in the real world. And uh, why not take advantage of that and offer the community a, another crack at these and allow, to their credit as well, allow Scott a chance to go back and possibly improve on on the things and, and, and clean up a couple of things that maybe he wished he had changed. Oh, yeah. I think you can always make a few little tweaks. Yeah, why not? Yeah, come on, Dr. John. Yeah. Tell us what's going to happen with TNA. <laughs> he knows. He's just not saying. He knows. <laughs> you know, hey, isn't it crazy? I just It's like a while back, and it's, this will sound so stupid, but I was like, I found out that Dr. John was a real doctor. Isn't that mind-blowing? It was. I just thought it was like a you know a joke, like Doctor Johnny Fever <laughs> from, you know, from WKRP, right? <laughs> no, I just I knew other people. They, they just people throw around terms and, and you know in 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 handles, whatever yeah. you want to call them, you know the usernames. And I just like oh, I saw it before Doctor John, whatever you know. Like no, and I talked to him, you know, like a, you know when we were doing the special and lit stuff. He's like, yeah, I am a doctor. I'm like, really? You really? <laughs> and this that sounds so stupid. So I'm sorry. Yeah, and he's such a nice guy too. Very unassuming. Oh yeah, and, uh, super fun. I'm gonna I'm stay out there to the house one day in Queensland. It looks like such a fun. place. Oh my god, so. it's like it's like paradise over there. I tell you, I'm I'm just chomping at the bit to get over there. And was he gonna get you to come? Yeah, I mean, he wants uh, his his doors are. And that's the other thing too. Like you know, he he loves the hobby and the community so much. His doors are always open. You know, which is which is fantastic. Think we can have like a TPN. I think. Uh, party he, over we there could, we could rock that place can you imagine if we all show up we're like John. we're coming you're hosting we're, we're uh, coming to drink your booze and uh, play your pinball he'd be like right on come on come on mates let's go he he is a nice he's one of the nicest guys i've oh he's super nice in guy. pinball so that's really good hey i have something else really kind of odd i know this is kind of like off topic but you know a lot of people have been on those walter day trading cards have you seen those 
I have. So what's the deal with those things? I can't get my head wrapped around them fully. Well, Walter Day makes a lot of cards for like arcade, uh, okay. just all kinds of different things. He kind of gives a history of it. He tells about the machine, just kind of like trading card sets. Anyway, he was asking for people to be on those trading cards. And I, I heard a lot of other pinball personalities. I think Jesse J's got the shadow. Yeah, how could you not have the shadow? Oh, gosh. They, well, they talked about that thing for months. Friggin'. Yeah, so anyway, he's like, if anybody wants to be on a you know, card, message me. So I, I messaged him. And, you know, and uh, he's like, oh, I can be on any game, you know, any game you want as long as I don't have it. So I, my buddy, he's about maybe 30 minutes away. He has a free play arcade. He lets me come to for free all the time. And I sent him a list back. I, I said, well, what game in here do you even need? You know, he wants a picture of you in front of the game. So I said, well, these are the only ones I can kind of get to, like, you know, today or tomorrow. He's like, oh, I have every single one of those except Gilligan's Island. <laughs> so I'm like, give me Gilligan's Island then. So <laughs> I'm going to be on a Gilligan's Island card. So the concept of his of this trading card thing, from what you're telling me and what I could sort of discern online, is that he's he's trying to get as many different pinball machines as possible with at the same time having people from the industry or the hobby uh, stand in front of them and he and he tells a little bit about the machine like maybe like one little one little fact about it and then one little fact yeah you give a little a few facts about the game a few facts about you you know he wants a lot of kids and families to be on there you know just just anybody so i I thought that that was really cool so i'm gonna be on a walter drake fantastic who who got avengers because i'm sure that was that one got snapped up i don't know well i will say uh i think jeff teolis's son is on the Led led zeppelin good for him good for him so I think that, you know, it was a fun little thing to do. And, you know, I reached out to a couple other people. I said, you know, message them if you want to be on a card. So I'm not sure, you know, who got on there, who didn't. But just something fun to say I'll have. So I can try to find that. Zach should have uh, got on the Popeye. He should have put his name in for the Popeye for sure. You think that's his favorite game? I don't know. (laughs) He's like, I do not want to remember it for I, or maybe he does. He's like, fuck it, I'll do Popeye, no problem. Oh, hey, I don't care. I'm on Gilligan's Island. Yeah. It's, it's a fun game. And look, it's it's pretty rare. It's it's fun. Would I want to have it, you know, on my my location? It probably wouldn't make any money at the brewery. I don't know how many people are going in there right now looking for for Gilligan's Island to play on location. That card's gonna be worth a thousand dollars one day. Oh gosh, I it's gonna be worth more than like a Michael Jackson, you know, <laughs> Jackson. not Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan rookie card. <laughs> Does Michael Jackson have any trading cards? I'm sure he does. But yeah, like I said, you know, talking about being an operator, you know, that's that's something that I've been, you know, trying to, you know, should I buy a new game? You know, like all this COVID season. I mean, my wife's like, you know, hold off, don't buy anything. You know, we don't know what's going to happen. So I haven't really bought any brand new games. I really was wanting to get maybe an Avengers or maybe um, Turtles. Uh, you know, even a Led Zeppelin might would be really good to have. But, you know, I was going to say, you know, Zach... And his wife Nicole have got uh, raw thrills games and things now. At yeah, Island. I thought that would be really good. I was thinking about maybe a big buck hunter or one of those things. I, I like how Zach's selling those. Would, would you get one for oh, the uh, for the Bobby basement? Yeah, that big buck hunter. I, you know, I couldn't. Again, it's not. A, it's a game I've known about for a while. But when he streamed that game on his uh, straight down the middle channel, and you got a real chance to see all the different modes and how the game is planned. Shit, that looks like a lot of fun, that thing. Oh, it does. It looks like so much fun. I was thinking, I, I, I had messaged Zach right after that. I'm like, well, Zach, how much do these things cost? And it's like, okay, the different models and different price. And I'm like, man, I could do this. Because they're. it's basically the same price as a Stern Pro, just for, for, 
for basic price. Yeah, they got they have a couple different trim levels and yeah. And I said, you know what, I could, I could do something like that because I, honestly, I'm I'm thinking of it in a way to you know, give someone something to play and you know make a little money on mm-hmm. it. And I'm thinking, you know, if I had a big buck hunter or something right there, I think that would do really well. So I'm I'm liking the fact that you know not everybody's been home this past year you know, buying all kinds of pinball machines and home entertainment things. I think that's something that a lot of people have forgotten about is that you can get some things like those, those big buck hunters and other games. too. Yeah. And you can play at the same time on that one. That's a nice two player uh, game. So you can play at the same time. Oh yeah. And uh, so I think that game would, would rock on location. I'm, I'm sure you will be shocked at the amount of money you could make on that game. It might get a little old at home if you were playing the same kind of courses over and over again, but you could have that same argument with a pinball. Yeah, you're doing it over and over and over again, right? And it's the nice thing about what they've done at Roth Thrills too, it seems, is they've they brought in some different licenses for the same machine. So you've got the Big Buck Hunter, and then you've got the Terminator license in that as well. Oh, yeah, it's got Terminator Salvation. It's got, uh, I think it's got Duck Dynasty. If anybody still remembers watching yeah. that show from a few years ago. So that's the way it keeps it fresh as well. But I just think it's a, you know, for somebody who's either trying to think about a, a different game on location or if they've got a bunch of uh, pinball machines at home and they're looking to to change it up in their in their game room a little bit, I I get that game in a second. Well, that's one good thing about Zach and Nicole. They're flipping out. They they pretty much had every single manufacturer almost. Seems in, like in it doesn't. It? They got a good thing going. Raw yeah. thrills. They got the the bubble hockey with ice. They've got all kinds of stuff over there. So kind of <laughs> that's what I've been looking at recently. Like, hmm, which one should I get? You know, should I get a new machine? Should I get should I get another bubble hockey or should I get this big buck hunter? It's a big dilemma. So like I said, you know, you've got your Avengers in the house now, and you've had that for what, about three months? Three, uh, I've months? had it since uh, November now. So yeah, December, January, February. Yeah, almost uh, going on four months. And um, Okay, so now that you've had a game at home for four months, I mean, are you looking for game number two in the Bobby basement? Yeah, we'll see. It's uh, Again, I when I look around my space here, and I'm trying to think about where it would go, for sure I could fit another one in. My space isn't ideal because of the low ceiling height here, and my ah, get rid of those doll houses and stuff you've got down there. Tell a little flipper that what's more important: Push dad's over. pinball machine or your dollhouse. Exactly. Ah. Who's running the show here, for God's sake? I mean, so I'm just trying to see what the next uh, what the next few titles are coming down the pipe, and and we'll see what the future holds here. So you're kind of saving up and, and, yeah. and waiting and seeing. So that, that's a pretty good strategy. This game, I'd say in the Avengers, I've got no regrets in getting it. It's been a fantastic uh, playing title. I'm still, you know, like you said, I've had the thing for four months. I've, I've got well over a thousand plays now on this thing. Oh, wow. And, uh, and so I'm playing the shit out of it. And I'm still learning about it. That's the interesting thing about this title is that I'm still finding out things. I was listening to, you know, Travis Murray this week giving his tips uh, now that the new 1.0 code is out. And I was watching um, uh, Bowen. Bowen Cairns did a did a pop a video on uh, on on the Avengers tutorial. So still learning a ton about that game, and the rule set is so complicated. Oh yeah, man, it's a deep game. Oh, it's deep. I I'm not sure I would recommend that one on location, although I'm sure it does very well just because of the of the theme. The theme would, would the theme would instantly bring people. Yeah. It's kind of like how Star Wars. I had a Star Wars on location, and you could argue that's kind of deeper, or it's not really accessible. It's kind of the same way for Avengers. You know, I, I think people are just going to walk up, and and they know the Marvel universe. It's been it's 
been on everything for the last, you know, 10 years, 15 years almost. Yeah, and they're going to they're gonna want to shoot. It's got lots of great ramps, so they're going to want to shoot it. They're going to make a few shots, get a multi-ball going. And... Yeah, and they're just going to play it for five minutes, and, and they, they, they won't know about the defeat yeah. Thanos mode or whatever. They're just going to play for a few minutes and see all the bright lights and, and have fun, and, and, you know, hopefully they'll come back again. And I guess, you know, that's what I was going to say. You know, I've, I've recently, you know, played the uh, L.E., down there uh, on location near me and unfortunately where i played it, it's a really really loud uh, arcade bar and it's really hard to hear in there and that game is so deep and so complicated almost that i'm not able to fully understand what was going on and just just hearing any kind of call outs so it was a little tough to play on location, I'll say that. And I've, I've played it, I think, three or four times there on location now. Trust me, I've had the thing for three or four months where I've had dedicated, you know, concentrated time with it. And I'm still trying to figure out what the fuck the thing's doing and, and how it's operating. So, yeah, I'd say not a great chance in hell that you're going to step up to that game for the first time after three or four tries, not not having played it before and really comprehend it. It's... This is about as deep a game in terms of the rule set as it gets, I would argue. And and so it's it's a game that is an extremely long player, I would say, because of that. So this is a game where you're not going to, unless you're like an, an, you know, an elite player, you're not going to burn your way through this thing. Or even if you do, there's so many different ways to get to these final wizard modes and battles that... It, I, I think it keeps it interesting and, and entertaining, and I think these games will hang out longer in people's collections just because of that, you know? Oh, yeah, they're they're so deep. I, I think they're really good, too. You know, they're, they're good for a casual fan, can step up and have fun, and they seem to be really, really uh, deep uh, for a lot of the competitive scene, too. And, you know, I, I, guess, I guess that was another topic I was going to mention just briefly is, you know, with no tournaments for basically an entire year no no official tournaments that are like ifpa tournaments games like avengers and things like that you know that was almost like going to be a great type of tournament game did you think you know we're going to see those tournaments kind of start back up pretty soon i mean with things opening up a little more do you see that happen anytime soon or do you think maybe later this year the world is going to see the the hobby is going to see how how great a game this is going to be at a tournament because i because again there's so many different modes and things to do on it that I think it's it's a great tournament game. And you know, you know, everyone knows Keith Elwin is you know is the greatest. And between him and Ray Day having a hand in the rule set and 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 Keith designing this thing, you know they were thinking about that. They were thinking about this game for tournaments from day one. You know, look at Jurassic Park, it was it was a blast when they when they streamed that earlier in the year. And now everyone's going to get to see Avengers. And so I, I think you're going to see this this title a lot on the circuit when things open up. And I do think, you know, over the next couple months, regardless of um, of shows starting up, I do think you're probably going to see tournaments that can be maybe organized and limited in terms of the number of people. So maybe they do like a 50 person invitational. Right. And they can really control the flow and the spacing out of people. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I know the IFPA, it's such a global, if you want to say a global tournament scene. Uh, you know, we used to have a, a, a pretty good tournament group that met somewhat locally. The place I go to a lot is about maybe 40 minutes away. And we had a lot of tournaments like once a month. They had the Stern Army tournaments and different things like that. And it would be maybe, you know, 15 to 20 people 
Uh, and it was a fun tournament. It was just enough to have fun. It wasn't too many that you're standing around waiting. It was pretty quick. But I, I really miss that. I mean, I miss – that's the whole thing about pinball. It, it's it's a very social thing. I know some guys like to play by themselves in, you know, in the basement, and, and, and they're fine with that. But I enjoyed the social aspect and just, you know, hanging around, talking, you know, just, just so the, the camaraderie of pinball. I really miss the tournament part of that. Oh, for sure. And that's one of the great things about this hobby is how social and, and – and how entertaining it is just to get with people and enjoy these titles face to face. And I'm sure everyone or the majority of people in the hobby are missing that aspect deeply and, and can only wait to get together again. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been done, you know, virtually or, you know, over online through different methods and and streaming you can kind of have a battle against someone somewhere else, but Nothing, nothing competes with, you know, in, in person. So face to face, it's, it's, it's been a, you know, a good substitute for that, but it's kind of, you know, kind of like your kids doing online school, you know, if if they really love being in school and sitting there with their friends, nothing, nothing can take the place of of physically being being there. I agree. And that's, that's what we really miss about the pinball shows, you know, the pinball tournaments, just the camaraderie and, and, and just everybody hanging out together and just talking pinball. And like I said, I hope we get back to that soon. That's that's something that I'm really didn't really know I was going to miss because, you know, you just did it all the time. And then all of a sudden one day it was gone. It's like, oh, wow, it's been a year. Yeah, I mean, uh, to a certain extent, maybe everyone was taking it for granted a little bit uh, that there is so many tournaments and so many different shows throughout the year that it seemed like you know, there was always another one right around the corner. And then when it all kind of dried up and, and these organizations that were a lot of them privately funded were, were, you know, either going bankrupt or being forced to, to sell their collections, you know, it's horrible. Well, I hate to see that. Like the, the replay foundation and, and you know, that big Papa tournament. And, and I never got to go to that. And it's like, now everyone talked about how great it was, you know, a thousand people. And, and it was a crazy fun event. Well, if if they don't ever have that ever again, you know, will someone step up to maybe have something similar? Will there be a tournament with 500 people in it or maybe, you know, 200 people? I mean, somebody's going to, you know, start something similar, you know, yeah. similar, but will anything ever be back that big? Well, it'll be interesting to see how things evolve. I'm an optimist, so I'm going to say that that over time, these things will rise again from the ashes, maybe in slightly different forms. And and you know it'll be interesting to see how the how the how that part of the industry recovers certainly it'll be embraced in in whatever form i believe it comes back in because there's just so much interest and so much enthusiasm right now uh, you know for for the hobby that i'd be shocked if if these things don't uh, don't come back again in in some form or another yeah. Oh yeah, and I think you know too. There's been there's been so many newer people into the hobby in the last you know year or two that they kind of got into the hobby. Then it was like shut down, and then you have a lot of people that are got, getting into the hobby right now because they're at home and they had a little bit of money they put into a game, and you know they want to go out and play with some other people. And they, you know, I think that when they get out to to do this, you know, then you're going to want mm-hmm. oh I want another game mm-hmm. or you know I want to you know trade a game with somebody. And, and that's one of the biggest things that I found is going out. Is you know you just talk well hey you know you meet up with someone and that's that might be a person to do a deal with in the future like you know you've got your first game there you know obviously you're probably not going to keep it forever might be but you know you might want to sell it or trade it and that's that's just one of the things you do when you start meeting people so speaking of waiting I, you know I'm thrilled that you've been able to come on here uh, today cause and it's it's it was worth the wait I hope I 
hope you found it as fun as I did chatting with you and, 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 and hanging out. Oh, Craig, man, it's fun. I love it. I love getting on here, man. It's fun. You know, I'll I just look, like I said earlier, I love to talk pinball. It's so enjoyable to, to go down and, and, and play. And like I said, I, I've, I'd love to see other people play having the games on location. So I really do love doing that. So I want to continue to do that. I hope that things start opening back up and a lot of other locations are starting to open. People are going to go out and play so they can play a lot of these new games. I know a lot of people haven't even seen, you know, Avengers or, or Led Zeppelin or Guns N' Roses or whatever, all these new titles. So when they get to go out, they're going to have all kinds of new games waiting for them. So, Well, let's not wait as long again to have you on the show. Let's make sure that as soon as American Pinball does their announcement and reveal, we get you back on here and, uh, and you know, give your opinions and impressions of, uh, of their next title because, um, you know, fingers crossed, it's going to be a winner. So it'll be, uh, it'll be great to chat about it. I hope so. I'm looking forward to it. Fantastic, Brian. Well, thanks again for coming on. And uh, hey, if you're in the Virginia area and you want to play a little pinball, why don't you come on down to what's what's the name of the of the brewery? The brewery my games are at is called Ballad Brewing. Nice. And yeah, just just hit me up there on Pinside or find me on Facebook. Or send me a message if you're ever around. I'll look. I'll take you to the brewery. I'll buy you a drink. I'll give you some free games. We'll play. You can beat me on them. I'm not very good at my games, so you'll have more fun than than me probably <laughs> geez maybe i'll drive on down Come there on, when man. i can get across the border can you can you <laughs> may not of, be able to get back can you get out of canada right now are you still kind of locked down <laughs> oh they'll let you out but they may not let Uh-oh. you back in you know <laughs> yeah you better you better wait a little bit longer for that yeah exactly well fantastic brian great chatting again and uh, let's do it again soon hey thanks craig all right we'll chat soon yes sir But wait, that's not all. A few days later, Cause sent over another quick American pinball update, hot off the presses. Hey Craig, we have an update to our discussion on American pinball. It's been some news the last few days. Christopher Franchi is now doing an art package for American pinball. Now he's still finishing up work for Chicago Gaming, and he's working with another major company, but he's now also doing art for American pinball. Now, he's had some great art packages in the past for Stern, such as Batman 66, Guardians of the Galaxy, The Beatles, and the Twippy award-winning Monsters. So this is great news for AP, and we're looking forward to seeing what he's working on, and we'll have new info as it becomes available. All right, so we're now up to date with all the API news, and should be an exciting reveal when we see that new art from Christopher Franchi, who is, of course, one of the premier artists in this industry for... A new American pinball title, presumably to be revealed soon. Well, I'm exhausted. (laughs) Is that all of them? (laughs) Can I go back to sleep yet? No! We've got more great stuff coming down the pipe next week. I'm going to dive deep on the Avengers Infinity Quest. I mean, deep. I've been playing the shit out of that game since I bought it. And I've got some new thoughts and insights on this very deep and exciting Keith Elwin title from Stern. And then after that, well, what else? More guests, more correspondence, more little flipper. The good times just keep on rolling here. Like Kaz and I mentioned earlier in the show, if you need a new pinball machine or want to try something a little different and have a big buck hunter in your sights or something else by the folks over at Roth Rills, well, 
What are you waiting for? Call Zach and Nicole Many over at Flippin' Out Pinball where they are more than ready to make some games room dreams come true for you. And you can find them online, of course, at their Flippin' Out Pinball webpage. It's spelled flip, the letter N, out pinball.com or on Facebook or on their business line 812-457-9711 Hey and as always we'd like to thank all our listeners again this week for coming along for the ride for the Pinball Show Midweek Edition I'm Craig Bobby catch you on the flip side